Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of Love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to draw several lessons today from the story of Naaman the leper, an excerpt from which is our first reading for this weekend. It's not probably the best-known story in the Old Testament, but it's a powerful one. You'll find it in the second book of Kings. I'd urge you at some point to take out the scripture and look up the second book of Kings, chapter 5, and you'll find this story. Naaman was not an Israelite. He was the commander of the army of the king of Aram, which was a neighboring power. Though he was a successful and powerful man, he suffered from a debilitating and embarrassing skin disease. Bible calls it leprosy, but it could have been a whole range of different things. On one of his raids, he had taken captive an Israelite girl who had become his slave. We hear that sympathizing with her master's suffering, the slave girl suggested that he contact the famous Israelite prophet Elisha, who could, she assured him, cure him of his disease. And so Naaman went immediately to the king and received permission to undertake this journey. When he arrived, laden with gifts, at the home of Elisha, the prophet sent a messenger to tell him to bathe seven times in the Jordan, and he'd be clean. Well, Naaman was insulted. Here he was, a great personage, this famous general. Why wouldn't this prophet have come out in person to meet him? and give him direct instructions. Sending a messenger seemed to be insulting. So he sulked. Are the rivers of my homeland not better than any of the rivers of Israel? But eventually, he agreed to do as the prophet had told him. He bathed seven times in the Jordan, and he was cured. His skin became like that of a baby, the Bible says. So filled with gratitude was Naaman that the general took several containers of soil from the land of Israel that he might worship the true God on his own ground. Well, it's a nice story, huh? Interesting folk tale. Oh, much more than that. It's a story which contains some very important truths about the spiritual life. Let me take it step by step. Look first at the setup. Naaman is a great man. Powerful, influential, certainly feared and admired. But he has a flaw, a weakness, a source of shame. You know, especially skin disease, something which can be so readily seen. It can't be easily covered up. 
everybody has got something like this. What I mean is, no matter how successful, how powerful you might be, there's something in you that hurts, that's weak, that's afraid. There's some flaw in you that probably embarrasses you, that you just wish would go away. I've spoken before, I think, about my interest in biographies of great people. And you find this invariably in biographies. In every great person, you'll find this tragic sadness, this flaw, this weakness. What led Naaman to God? Oh, and how basic this is to the Bible. What led him to God? It was not his power or success. It was not his fame. Not the fact that he inspired fear in people around him. What led him to God was his shame and his weakness. St. Paul said, in regard to his tragic flaw, we don't quite know what it was, but something that bothered Paul so much that he begged God three times. That means over and over and over again to take it from him. And God responded to Paul, My grace is enough for you, for in weakness, power reaches perfection. Lesson one. Friends, don't run too quickly from your weaknesses. Don't just curse them or despise them. Because in God's odd providence, it's often this very factor that will lead you to Him. This very struggle, weakness, flaw, tragedy that you wish would just go away that will lead you to Him. Second great lesson from this story centers around the slave girl. In the context of an ancient society, it would be hard to imagine anyone lower, less important, than a slave girl. Yet, Naaman, this great general, this high and powerful figure, took her advice. Naaman, surrounded by the mighty and powerful of his army, surrounded by the best and brightest in his society, yet he takes the advice of this slave girl, showing thereby enormous humility and vulnerability. I mean, maybe it was born of his desperation, but who cares? He listened. When you're struggling physically, spiritually, have the humility to take advice or direction from any quarter. How like the God of the Bible to speak precisely through the weak. How like the God of the Bible to eschew the powerful and the high-placed and to speak through the lowly. Have the humility of Naaman to listen, to look, however God decides to speak. Packing up his retinue and his slew of gifts, Naaman came to Israel. 
This in itself, too, was an act of tremendous humility. I mean, he probably thought, next time I step inside of Israel, it'll be to conquer it with my army. But he comes to this foreign country seeking healing. When he arrived, the Bible says, he was met by a very skeptical king. Now you can imagine, you're the king of Israel, and over your borders comes this mighty general, the general of the, of the enemy army. Oh, he claims he just wants to talk to the prophet. Well, you're suspicious though, aren't you? He's probably here to spy. He's probably here to prepare for an invasion. He's probably here to look around and, and to make alliances. I am suspicious of this visiting general. So the king flies into a rage and tries to block him. Third spiritual lesson. When you're seeking healing, expect the road to be blocked. Not sometimes. Not most of the time. Always. It's part of the tragedy of our fallen, finite world. But the road to healing is always blocked. Think of the great stories of the Israelites escaping from Egypt. And they're blocked. There are obstacles everywhere. The escape route is not an easy one. There will always be people, there will always be events that will contrive to block our healing. Expect it. Naaman, though, has the courage to withstand. He doesn't allow the bluster of the king of Israel to stop him. But he perdures. So must you, as you're struggling to come to spiritual health. Fourth lesson, when he finally comes to Israel, he's met, as we saw, not by Elisha himself, but by a messenger who conveys instructions from the prophet. At first, he was indignant. He was insulted. Why wouldn't the prophet come in person to meet the great Naaman? But then he humbly submits. And he follows the instructions. When he was asked, what are the three most important virtues? St. Bernard responded, humility, humility, and humility. Think for a second. What's the fundamental spiritual problem? Pride. Pride. All sin is a subset of pride. Pride is the capital sin. Because pride means turning oneself into God. Pride means arrogating to oneself the prerogatives of God. Well, if pride is the fundamental spiritual problem, listen, the source, finally, of all of our spiritual suffering, then the solution will always be humility. 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 Chastening one's own ego. Here's something from the spiritual masters. The door to the great soul is always low and is accessed only through humiliation. You want the great soul? You want the wide open space of spiritual joy and adventure? Then you've got to bend low and enter by this humble door. 
Naaman is humiliated. I don't mean that in some arbitrary, cruel way. He's rendered humble by Elisha the prophet. And he follows his instructions. What's the end result of this process? Worship. And there's the fifth lesson. Naaman is cured. Good. Does he simply say, all right, great, I'm happy now, I'm cured. My humiliation's over, I'm no longer ashamed, I'll go back home. No, no. He takes the very soil of Israel. He becomes a confessor of the true God. And he resolves that on this sacred ground, for the rest of his life, he will worship the living God. Friends, the goal of all spiritual transformation is right worship. All sin, born of pride, is a falling away from right worship. Therefore, the goal of any spiritual healing process is to learn again to worship. So, what are the questions for us raised by this reading? One, what's your leprosy? What's your sickness? What's your shame? Don't run from it. It might be leading you to God. Secondly, to whom are you willing to listen? The high and mighty, maybe, but also that slave girl? How will God speak to you? Thirdly, what will you do when your attempt to find healing is blocked? Have the courage of Naaman to resist it. Four, will you be humble enough to do what you must? Five, Will your spiritual healing lead you to right praise? Take out the Bible. Reread that story of Naaman the leper. Let it be a model for your own path towards spiritual healing. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.